Well, this sucks. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I'm also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody had a wonderful weekend, which if you're a Razorback basketball fan, you probably didn't, <laughs> just to be honest about it. Regular season officially comes to an end for the Razorback basketball team as they lose their home finale to Kentucky, 88-79. to And, you know, this is just... I mean, other than just how I open, it just sucks. They've lost now three straight to end the regular season against Alabama, against Tennessee, and now against Kentucky. And I think one of the worst things about uh, the way that these games have gone, and especially the way that uh, it, it's just gone for Arkansas in general to end the season, is that the only time I have ever felt good, at least in the past three games, was at halftime against Alabama which is what started the losing streak just uh, about a week and a half ago. But since that point, Arkansas has been dominated. Essentially, in five straight halves, Arkansas has been beat. And this was really no different. There's a lot of details we're going to jump into for this game. And, of course, we'll look into the SEC tournament. And now Arkansas has their seating, and we know what it's going to look like there, too. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit about baseball as well. But it, I was there at the game. I was there at Bud Walton Arena, and it was a really good crowd. It wasn't 20,000 people, but still really good. It was a wide out. The energy was there. Kentucky was there. And, of course, knowing that Casey Wallace was not going to play in this game, it really felt like there was an opening for Arkansas to really take care of business and maybe be able to exploit some of the weaknesses that Kentucky had, especially in its depth, and do it at home and in front of its home crowd. And they didn't. It's almost like the kryptonite of this team is anytime a, a star player gets hurt and somebody else steps up and ends up uh, uh, making a making a fool of Arkansas in some cases. In this case, it was uh, without question the player of the game. And honestly, I would have never guessed it going into this game. But still, Antonio Reeves, I knew he was a good player. But for him to put up 37 points against the Razorbacks, was just disgusting. I mean, really, there was only three players. Actually, no, maybe only two. There's really only two players that beat Arkansas in this game. And it was Antonio Reeves and Jacob Toppin. Those are the guys that beat you. Sheboy had a good half, but and we'll talk about Sheboy here in a second, a little bit more in depth. But Antonio Reeves just absolutely destroyed you. 12 of 17 from the field, 11 of 11 from the free throw line, 37 points in this game. And then uh, Jacob Toppin went six of nine from the field as well. Uh, had 21 points, seven of eight from free throw line. Also was able to put, get some rebounds there too. Just a stellar offensive performance by those two individuals, especially. And unfortunately for Arkansas, they really didn't have a whole lot going offensively. They shot putrid. I mean, that just to, just to put it mildly, Arkansas shot 35% from the field, and in the second half, shot 30% from the field. They missed layups like it was going out of style. Two of 20 from layups. That's not a typo. Two of 20 on layups. You're not going to win games if you can't finish around the rim and the most high percentage shots. 
Not to say all of them should have just gone in, but two of 20 just can't have it. Two of 20. And it's really, that stat is my number one stat as to why Arkansas lost this game. The second one being the free throws, which they've struggled all year, but missing 12 free throws at home. 12, going 22 of 34 for 64% from the line. That was my second. And the third was having zero ability defensively to stop a guy that just, again, destroys you in every way, shape, and form in Antonio Reeves. That, I mean, that's what it came down to. Now, and there's a lot more that went on in this game. There's a lot of other problems there, too. But it, it's unbelievable. Because Arkansas turned the ball over six times in this game. They had six turnovers. Six. A team that's been so prone to turning the ball over right and left against pretty much every team that they have faced this year. They only had six. It's a season low. Kentucky had 15 turnovers. Now, what helped Kentucky is they shot 53% from the field. They only shot 28% from three, but they made their free throws. They made 26 to 33. That's about 79%. So give, give the tip of the hat to them. They, they did a great job, but Arkansas just got, they got nothing out of Ricky Council. He went three of 11. He had 16 points, but 10 of 12 from the free throw line, but three of 11 from the field. Anthony Black, I felt bad for Anthony. I know he was out there trying his best. He was gassed. He, he, was ha he had to play a lot more in this game than uh, he was supposed to, but he went three of 10 from the field, but still had eight rebounds, four assists, only one turnover. Nick Smith Jr. at 25 points, 10 of 23 from the field. I mean, he was your lone bright spot. He also had six assists, so it wasn't even like he was just hogging the ball the entire time. He led the team in assists. He had six of them. He was doing everything that he could to try to get in this game and win it. The Mitchell twins were completely and totally missing once again. Um, he had uh, Mikel Mitchell. He had five rebounds, but he was in foul trouble. Makai Mitchell, Jen, was just nowhere to be found. And then Jordan Walsh, he had 10 points, but four of 12 from the field, had seven rebounds, which was great for him. That's, a, that's about what you need. And then two assists. So he played pretty good with no turnovers. Again, they didn't shoot the – but the problem is, is they just didn't shoot the ball well right in front of the goal. Like, if you look at the <laughs> – just the the overall, like, graph when it comes to shooting on the floor and where Arkansas made shots and where they missed shots. It's pretty unbelievable. Like they made more, they had a better three point percentage than they did right under the rim for layups, like far and away, not even close. They were tired. They were uh, getting beaten down and you know, it's, you can't make excuses for them and I'm not going to make excuses for them. But there was a lot of things that happened in this game, I think, that really negatively impacted Arkansas tremendously. And first off, um, you know I, you know how I feel about officials in the SEC. And I'm not going to say, and I'm not going to sit here and say that the reason Arkansas lost this game was because of officiating. Because if you remember when I listed my reasons as to why Arkansas lost this game, I didn't mention officiating once. So before you start freaking out and start, I mean, like, it's getting tiresome, blaming the official, brr, relax. There's more to it than that. But the officiating did play a major role in this game, specifically in the fact that Oscar Sheboy apparently can get away with murder and not have to worry about getting tossed for the game. Uh, he threw two elbows to Razorback basketball players. And one of them was to Mikel Mitchell, where he shoved in the face at first. And then Mikel Gimmel shoved back. And then Sheboy went back and literally elbowed him in the back of the head. 
That was in the first half. And I was there at the game, and I went back and looked at it, and the CBS crew, and Gene Territory, I believe is his name, they were all saying, yeah, he probably should be ejected. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't ejected. Uh, he was given a, a technical foul. Okay. And then he did it later in the game. Gave elbow. Well, it's flagrant one. Okay. So the thing is, is that they they couldn't ever take out Oscar Sheway out of the game. I mean, this game was on CBS, and it was a it's a big game, meaningful game. It was Arkansas-Kentucky, arguably the best rivalry when it comes to college basketball in the SEC, at least historically. And they wanted it to make sure that they had every player in there possible, especially if it was on Kentucky. So they took care of uh, Oscar Sheway. They took care of Cal. They took care of Kentucky. And they made sure to uh, not eject Oscar Sheway or not to uh, – Put him in a position where he should be ejected, even though he should have. Like, the absolutely atrocious nature of the calls in this game, and I'm not even just talking about for Arkansas. I'm talking about there were some calls against Kentucky, too, that were awful. It's just incredible how officiating can – like, they those officials should never official a game like that again in that magnitude. And that's the thing that I feel like I always don't understand is that they, some games are just above officials. Some games are just too big for officials, and this was one of them. They didn't know how to handle it. They didn't know how to de-escalate situations, and they didn't know how to handle the physicality. They didn't know what to do. They had no idea what they were doing. They had no idea the consistency of which they wanted to call it. They had no idea of uh, you know who to settle down or who what to do, like the, the flow of it. They had no clue what to do. Zero. And it was extremely pathetic that not only does Oscar Shibway not get ejected from the game, which he 100% should have been ejected from the game, but again, they have to make sure they take care of Kentucky and Cal. But then you have Devo Davis get ejected from the game. Now, again, I watched it in real time, in real life there, and I also went back and watched it. What it looked like to me, and people can disagree with me on this, what it looked like to me is that Devo, who's, you know, he can be very emotional, he can be very jacked up. Well, he was. He was guarding really closely. People were getting, you know, he was, he was feeling itself. So he goes over there. And he's, you know, face guard and close guarding and everything. And then he gets called for a foul to which he thought, again, this is just my opinion. He thought there was an offensive foul call. So he started celebrating. He started celebrating like he got it. And I, my in interpretation of it, since, you know, Musk wouldn't talk about it after the game, is that the officials, because they're weak minded, they said, oh, he's celebrating to show me up. Boop. There's your technical. And then when that happened, not only did then Devo realize that he got a foul call against him, but then because he thought it was going to be an offensive foul and he was celebrating that fact gets popped with the technical, that's when he loses it. That's when he loses it. And he gets popped for another technical down the court, away from everybody, and he's ejected from the game. So Oscar Shibway can throw bows, and I guess the only way he can get ejected from games is if he goes out there and stole cold, Stone Cold stuns the ball boy or something like that for Kentucky or Arkansas. He can get ejected that way probably, maybe. Who knows? It depends on if uh, the SEC wants to make it happen or not. But Devo Davis, where it was something that was, again, he thought it was something different than what was called, and because, of the, again, the officials being weak and small-minded, they thought it was a, uh, a some way of showing him up. So he gets double teched in the same play and ejected from the game. That played a huge role in this game. That's again, not saying that it's all why Arkansas lost, but that's why Devo uh, Anthony Black was so tired late in the game. It's because he was, you know, he had no, he had no rotation. Your guards were having to play the majority of this game. I mean, you had Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr. Those guys were having to play thirty plus minutes. Same with Ricky Council. They 
it was a very physical game. They were getting worn down and they didn't have anybody else to go to in the guard position. I mean, Walsh was having to play like Jalen Graham just got absolutely in his two possessions. there, just got worked uh, down low defensively. So they had to take him out and I have no problem with him getting taken out of the game. He just, it was, it was too physical of a game for him to be in there defensively, but overall, it's just, it was a terror. I thought it was the most, one of the most horrendous officiated games I've seen in a bit in Bud Walton arena. And again, it's for both teams. I'm not just saying it was against Arkansas, but they just did not know what they were doing and how to figure it out. And so Devo getting ejected from the game played a major role and he only got to play 20 minutes. He was playing fairly well, had eight points, three or five shooting, two of three from three point land had two rebounds. But again, uh, officials had to step in and make sure that they uh, made it about themselves. And that was that. So now Arkansas finds themselves in quite a pickle where they uh, are looking for answers once again. So is Muss and so is everybody. It was a disappointing game. Got to give kudos to Kentucky. They played really well and they deserve to win. And tip, you know, again, it's just I, I love the fact, though, that the rivalry of Arkansas and Kentucky is still there. I was talking to some Kentucky media people that I know personally. And of course, they, they, they're kind of like me when it comes to my team. Like they're very passionate and they like to, you know, they're not like sitting there just covering the game. Like they, they give opinions because they're fans. But uh, after the game, I was texting back and forth with them and they're like, yeah, it's good to have this back. Feels good. He's like uh, one of my buddy, Bobby Regan from. Barstool Sports, he says, it's good to hate Arkansas again. I was like, yeah, well, we hate you too. So it was just, it was nice from that fact, but it's just unfortunate Arkansas lost this game. And now people are looking for answers. I mean, I, I really don't know at this point, like how can you be excited about the SEC tournament? How can you be excited about the NCAA tournament? Assuming you're still going to be in it, which I think they are, must believes it. And I think Joe Lenardi and all the experts still believe it because their net ranking is incredible. But are you excited about it? Or maybe something we have to talk about later in the week as far as the show goes on that front. But we know the SEC tournament is set, so we can talk about that and also the best-case scenario for Arkansas at this point in time here in just a second. But first, got to tell about Built Bar, folks. I know you're all going to be looking for the Built Bars over there at Walmart and Sam's Club. There's so many great ones to choose from in different varieties and in different flavors. It's hard. I get it. You're like, wait, which one do I go with? Well, they got variety boxes, too, where you can try out your different flavors that way. You can check out all the flavors at Built.com. They're healthy. They taste amazing. They're great for on the go. They're convenient. You can have them at home. You can have them at your office. You can pack it in a kid's lunchbox at school. And I don't know if kids even take their lunches to school anymore because I don't have any, but I did as a kid. So if you do that still, throw it in the kid's lunchbox. Maybe do it that way too. Man, I miss lunchboxes. That just got me down another road. But still, Belt Bar is perfect for it because, again, it tastes like a candy bar, but it's extremely healthy for you. You've got 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and very low on sugar, so don't hesitate anymore. Check out Built Bar. Check out all the different delicious flavors that they have to choose from, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Go to Built.com and check out Built Bar at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Razorbacks. Your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
All right, so continuing on with the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. All right, so SEC tournament has been officially set, and Arkansas finishes 10th in the SEC in the regular season. I would have never dreamed in a million years, the beginning of this season, and even after non-conference play, that Arkansas would be finishing 10th in the SEC. I, I would have said 5th at the worst, at the worst. But here you are. You are the 10th. The game will be played on Thursday, March 9th at 6 p.m. Central Time against Auburn. Great. Another team that's needing some wins and in desperation mode. They had a nice win against Tennessee over on Saturday at home. And Auburn worked you pretty good the first time you met. But it's uh, it's going to be a rematch of those two teams. And if Arkansas is able to win that game against Auburn, they will move on to face the number two seed, Texas A&M, which I actually do like that matchup. I would prefer that matchup because I think Arkansas uh, does and has played really well against A&M, even on the road. They should have won that game. They didn't, but they were doing a really good job of it. And if they win that game, then they would have a possibility of maybe playing Kentucky again or if some team gets hot out of there. But that's what the SEC tournament looks like. Uh, Bama is your number one overall seed. And then you have Texas A&M at two, Kentucky number three, and then Missouri at four. Things are really weird and backwards uh, in the SEC this year. So here, here's the thing. Like the SEC tournament, great. I mean, it's coming up. You're going to play it. And Arkansas has not won an SEC tournament since 2000. So I can understand if people will take this stance of saying, you know what, I want to win the SEC tournament. We haven't done it in forever. It's something that we need to do, like what, whatever it is. If you want to take that approach, if you want to, and if you want to feel that way, that's fine. I'm not going to hate on you for it. I'm not going to argue with it on it. Everyone has their voices and opinions. Some of some of you have already said just in the season because you don't care anymore, which you know it is what it is. But still, I I'm looking at it in a different light. I look at it in a different position, maybe in a different scenario. Now, stay with me on this. And again, you can disagree. It's fine. But this is just my best case scenario because I'm still trying to. Be that optimist and glass half full guy. Maybe we, they, things can happen and it can get turned around and it can go really well for Arkansas and certain things happen. So here's what I want. I want Arkansas to lose to Auburn. Okay? I think Arkansas should lose to Auburn. They shouldn't throw the game. They shouldn't intentionally do it. I'm not saying that. But if they lose to Auburn, whatever. I don't care. In fact, I think it could be a blessing in disguise because of this fact. Assuming that no matter what, you're still in the NCAA tournament. Assuming that. This could give you an opportunity to where you play on a Thursday night and you lose, you're done, it's over with. You go back home that night and you wait until selection Sunday and then you see where you end up going and if you're in the NCAA tournament and then you go on from there. There could be a realistic chance where Arkansas loses to Auburn on Thursday, and they don't play an NCAA tournament game until the very next Friday, which that gives them a week, essentially, a full week, at least a full week, to rest. Rest mentally, rest physically, get your mind right, get focused in, get rejuvenated, get re-energized, get back after it. Because I feel like of all the things that this team could use right now, which there are a lot of things that they could use, but the, one of the biggest things is that they need rest, I believe. They need a break. And I think that this would be something that could help them tremendously. Now, does that mean if Arkansas loses to Auburn on Thursday that 
once the NCAA tournament comes around, Arkansas is going to be in Elite 18 again? Probably not. I'm not going to go that far. But I think that that could be extremely beneficial to Arkansas. You know, we see I, – I almost hate to even equate it to this because I know it's different, but you remember how, like, baseball ended last year in the regular season? There were kind of some similar vibes to it, if you remember correctly. Like, Arkansas, of course, was a very – high quality team a team that everybody was thinking was going to be a top 10 top five team just kind of depending on you know who you listen to or who who did the predictions or whatever it may be like there were a lot of reasons why people felt good about Arkansas baseball and they started off okay they had some issues here and there and have some bumps in the road but they had some really impressive goes like they went to Mississippi State or played Mississippi State and won the series and They've swept LSU at home, which was really impressive. But it's like, then they uh, beat Ole Miss at the series. But then you had this whole thing when you got beat Auburn. Okay, feeling good. But then you lose to Vanderbilt. Then you lose to Alabama in the series at home. Or in, in those two, we were just head scratchers. You're like, how, how does that happen? Then you go to the SEC tournament and you get bounced out early. You go 0 2 in barbecue and you're done. Nobody really felt good heading into the postseason. You didn't host a regional or super regional. Um, you weren't a national seed. You were going to have to go to Stillwater against a team that was really good. But you turned it on. You got it going. You made it work. And you ended up going to the College World Series. Now, you didn't win at all, but you went back to the College World Series, which is a thing is a lot of uh, a much better thing than what most people thought would happen. And I'd be one of those people that it was much better than I predicted of what would happen once you got to postseason play. But you think about just that break that they had. I mean, they took a full week essentially to get ready for that regional and Stillwater. They had been fatigued. They've been banged up. They've dealt with some injuries and they had finished the season essentially with you include the sec tournament, just not having a great go at it. Only winning two of their last seven games. So maybe this could be something that's similar. Maybe this could be something that, Hey, just, Get ready for that part. Get into it. You got to get into the NCAA tournament. That's the most important part. But if you lose to Auburn and you just get back and you get to stu- you get to focus in and rest and just try to get everything back to back to where it's supposed to be, maybe that's something that can help them out and maybe work. So, but if they beat Auburn, I'm not going to be mad about it. I'm not going to say it's a bad thing that they beat Auburn. I'm just saying if they do lose, there could be some blessings in disguise in it. Because I think rest and I think uh, the, the fatigue, especially mentally, has worn on this team. And that could be something that could be really helpful to them as well. And speaking of baseball, we got to talk about something dealing with baseball. I hate to be uh, all uh, doomsday here, but there is some baseball news we got to talk about. And honestly, it doesn't look very good. But we'll do that on the other side of the break. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Razorback baseball team was able to sweep Wright State over the weekend. And so they're doing a pretty good job right now. They're 9-2. and two. Uh, They won in 12-2, uh, 12-6, 6-2 in three straight games against Wright State. Uh, they've done a pretty good job of uh, offensively getting it going. The starters and the pitching rotation has been really good as far as that goes. But there has been the problem with the bullpen. And now you're continuing to see more problems with it because this week alone, this past week alone, 
you had three injured pitchers exit a baseball game with Brady Tigert, which that's a huge loss for Arkansas. And luckily it wasn't as bad as what it may have or could have been. He is going to be out five to six weeks, but he will be back and hopefully just as good and better. Jake Faraday, also a bullpen guy, had to exit, see the trainer, and leave the game. And then Cody Frank, another pitcher, another bullpen guy, had to leave the game against Wright State with what looked like a big injury and was in a lot of pain when he was trying to throw. It was all arms injuries. Now, we don't know the extent of uh, what what all went down with it, but man, I mean, Dave Van Horn said just a week ago, I guess essentially, that there were only about four and a half pitchers he could trust right now, and two of them, of those four and a half, got injuries this week. And of course, Jackson Wiggins, we already knew about his injury before the season really got going. I'm telling you, I, I have never seen anything like it. And I hate it for those kids. And hopefully it's nothing serious. And hopefully they can come back. And hopefully they can be able to be a part of the team this year and all of that. But I have never seen anything like it when injuries have plagued the three major sports for the Razorbacks this year than it has this year. Like, it's unbelievable. We know in football with Jalen Catalan and secondary players that got hurt and injured there. And then KJ Jefferson having to deal with injury and, and the problems there, Dominic Johnson being hurt and the impact that that had on the team. And especially uh, at the quarterback position, especially in the secondary. And then in basketball, we know about Nick Smith's injuries and then Trevin Brazil being out for the whole year, the impact that's had. And now you just see baseball, which they got a still long season ahead of them. And I think they got plenty of talent again. Let's hope it's nothing too serious, but I had just never seen anything like this with injuries before. So I don't know what to think. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know if it's just like, or is it the uh, sports gods punishing Arkansas? Like, was everything just too fun last year? Was two things just a little too good last year? Did we get too arrogant? Did we start like feeling ourselves a little bit too much? Was that it? I don't know, but it is stupid and it needs to stop. Stop, please stop this. No more injuries. To anybody, stop this. I feel for those kids, man. And I feel for these coaches and these players and these teams. It's like, dude, like, it's always like in these injuries have happened before the season really even gets going. And that's what sucks about it more than anything. It's like you can't even enjoy it for at least a little, a little bit. Like it's just boom, 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 back to back to back. So hopefully these kids are, are going to be okay and hopefully they can come back. But this, Again, this is just weird. It is so weird how it all has happened. Uh, like you've had injuries essentially with your best players essentially in each sport. Like contributors, big-time contributors that could have made a difference in the seasons. Injuries have happened. It needs to stop. It needs to stop. I don't know if it's the water up there in northwest Arkansas. You know, maybe uh, over at Bruff, they're not feeding them well enough. I don't know, but that is just weird, and it's unfortunate. It's dis disappointing, but... Got a long season in front of you for Razorback baseball. They're still doing some good things. They're still looking pretty strong. Still got a lot of good attributes. Let's just hope that they're able to keep that up and continue that. Uh, and hopefully no more injuries. Knock on wood. No more injuries. Please. Can't do this anymore. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.